it is embarrassing to be like, I have a healthy relationship. <laughs> we are monogamous. What's it like? Is it as wonderful as they say? <laughs> the following podcast contains explicit language. Hello and welcome to Sex Lives, New York Magazine's podcast about sex. I'm Maureen O'Connor and today... One of our final episodes, we are joined in studio by a beloved recurring guest, Alyssa Shalasky. Hello. Hi, Alyssa. I'm one of Maureen's biggest fans on Earth. I'm one of your biggest fans. Thank you. You may remember Alyssa from her last visit to Sex Lives. About a year ago, she came on for an episode entitled Falling in Love with Your Anonymous Sperm Donor. Back then, Alyssa's daughter was about eight months old, and she told us about the decision to have her daughter by herself the surprisingly romantic process of choosing a sperm donor, and dating as a single mom living in a one-bedroom apartment in New York City with her infant daughter. One year later, what's happening, Alyssa? Okay, well, that conversation about this romantic tie I had with this sperm donor who I never intend on meeting, it was like (laughs) imaginary, turned into a TV deal, actually. Oh my God, really? I know, so you are coming in, who knows what's going to happen, but you will be in that writer's room, whether you're... I'm gonna have to. Oh my god, that's amazing! Kidnap you, yeah. Um, well, only I walked away from that conversation, and I was like, "It is really a unique and super sweet story." That, uh-huh. but it's also you know the way I choose to look at it. My friends who have used sperm donors don't ever think about their sperm donors, and then there are women who use sperm donors who um, get crazy, must know them, like can't stop thinking about them, are infatuated with them. But I walked away from there and I was like, this is a really sweet story and it's not dark and it's kind of like if it ever got made, it would be something that I don't think would fuck up Hazel's life. Like mm-hmm. She would be proud to be the daughter of the woman who looks, has this perspective on their story. Yeah. I have to think about things like that now, you know? Yeah. So wait, you wrote that into like a TV script? Yeah. I mean, I've gone out with a couple different pitches mm-hmm. and I've sold a couple, which is great. Um, nothing's been made, but it's I've been pretty lucky. But it was time for me to come up to cook up a new one. How I Met Your Sperm Donor. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. How? Okay, so that's what's happening in your career. Yeah. But what about your love life since then? Much. Yeah, that's that's great, too. I mean, that's much more important. And um, so when I was here the last time, I had just met my boyfriend, this guy. Mm-hmm. It's been a little over a year. And I was here exactly a year ago. Yeah. Um, and I remember sitting in this seat and being like, just don't fuck it up, Shalaski. Like, don't, he's so good. Like, don't fuck it up. Don't say anything that's going to get you in too much trouble. And I'm still sort of sitting here telling myself not to <laughs> fuck it up. But um, I met a great guy. The story we tell everyone is that we met at Vinegar Hill House for Bloody Marys, when in fact, we met on Tinder while I was breastfeeding. <laughs> <laughs> and our first date was at Vinegar Hill House uh, having Bloody Marys. But Is breastfeeding a good time to be Tindering? Um, I had it down, you know, like I was just yeah. like, yeah, I I, don't I mean, know. I imagine you've got a lot of time to kill when you're breastfeeding. Well, that's all it was. I was like breastfeeding around the clock and at 3 a.m. and I'd like watched every TV show and listened to all your podcasts. And, <laughs> um, and I was like, I think Tinder was just like the only dating app I had left on my phone or something. And I just dug in and I didn't even think I'd meet. I just wanted to like chat maybe like yeah. I was totally different from. To, I don't know, like, I wasn't looking for a relationship. I wasn't looking for my soulmate, but I wanted to flirt. I yeah. missed flirting. This guy had a uh, one mutual friend with me, and it was someone from my hometown who, oh, um, yeah, who I, like, who was, like, the coolest guy that graduated from my high school, you know, not besides <laughs> me, but, like, he was, he's pretty freaking cool. And that they were mutual friends and, like, that they were close. I was like, this is 
this is a good sign and we met and yeah it's so you know, then you ended up meet. Did you end up getting Bloody Marys, or is that a total fabrication? Oh no, that's the truth. That's the thing with like <laughs> that's what online you did dating. For your first like, date. It's not a lie to be like our first date was this. Yeah. So that, that is how you met. That is in person. How we met. Yes. And uh, he walked in, and I was the first thing. Obviously, like all of us, I thought of was, um, oh my god, thank God he's tall. And <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he was very. He was just different from anyone else I'd ever met in New York. Truly, um, he was a different kind of man, and because he's he's from Maine, I'm from Massachusetts. There was like an instant bond and familiarity and comfort, and I think because I had a baby, that comfort went a long way, like more than I realized at the time. At the time, I just thought he was like a sexy mm-hmm. filmmaker from Greenpoint, but I realize now it was because he reminded me of my friends from home or my cousins or something, and um, the stories that we would tell about family were. There, you know, even though he's like a wasp and I'm like a, a Jew, but there are things that just made me feel like, oh my god, I can breathe, I can be me, I can, you know, uh, and all of that was so important at that time in my life because I, yeah. it was probably more than I realized. A very, um, I, I don't know, I was going through a lot when you met him and started liking him. Did you? Immediately start thinking of like, could this be a father for my child? Or totally not. I mean. No, I I never, I don't want it to sound cold, but like the short way of saying it is like, I never cared about finding off. I knew I was enough for yes. Hazel. Yes. I never was like, people would always say when I was pregnant, like, you're going to meet a guy right away. I know you, or you'll meet a divorced dad, whatever. And I was always like, oh, what, maybe. That's not the point. That was so not the point to like get the pregnancy over so I could like go and find the husband or something. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I loved being a single mom. I mean, I still am technically a single mom, and I loved this image and this future I had of the two of us. And so that's actually, it's been like a reverse, like I've had to get used to sharing her and the idea of like maybe not being a single mom in a way that's like a little bit Uh of of a, I don't know, it's like a a shift that I'm not totally comfortable with yet. Also, it's only been, you know, a year and some, Um, but, but. If I had to, <laughs> if I did have to uh, wind up with someone, if we did have to, if Hazel and I did have to adopt a dad, he would be, <laughs> he, there's, there's literally nobody better on the planet than him. Do you think falling in love is different when you had a daughter or now that you have a daughter? Yeah, it's all different. I think I always, I don't know if this, if you relate to this, but I always wanted to be so hot and so cool and, uh-huh. um, look awesome and be great at sex and all these things (laughs) and I was but it was sort of like I had to it wasn't 100% natural you know and then when you have a baby you can't think about any of that like you cannot think about you like Mm -hmm. forget like do I look hot it's like did I when was the last time I floss my teeth like you you can't (laughs) think or took a shower even um so like the good news I think with dating with a baby is the person sees you at sort of like sees like the real you and you at your worst right away Mm -hmm. and that's the good news because they choose to love you anyway or even because of it but that's also the bad news because (laughs) you don't get to have the nights where you shave your body head to toe and like (laughs) have wine while getting ready for the date where you're going to have like two more bottles of wine and wear the right perfume and you know what I mean and like I think you look great though Alyssa that's what I said when you walked in you. you look amazing thank you I do I do feel pretty and beautiful and you know all those things um and you know uh, 
that comes from within. But it's a different approach, I imagine, to it's, yourself yeah. and your body. Yeah. Well, it's just in terms of dating, you just don't have those nights where you yeah. just like you look like you step out of the house and you're just like, he's going to die over me tonight. It's just like you, <laughs> you step out of the baby's room and you're just like, is he still here? And 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 he always was. And and, you know, I, I think that he's a good guy or hit this guy in particular, like thinks the messiness is super sexy anyway. How how serious are you guys? We're very serious. Yeah. I don't want to get married. So and uh-huh. I already have a baby. So I don't know how much more serious. Like, it's it's not like a typical thing where you, you can be like, are you going to get married and have kids? Like, I have the kid and there there's no way I'll get married. Does he have kids? No. He does not have kids, but he loves my daughter, like, hardcore. Mm-hmm. Like, my favorite game is to ask him, who do you love more? Me or Hazel? I mean, what so does he say? It's like that is. You're, you're <laughs> it's like sick. that's fucked up. Like, you are, yeah, you are dark and <laughs> sick, and like I'm going home. Um, but he loves her so much; it's crazy. And that's like another thing about dating with a baby is you you try and ask yourself, do we love each other? Because we have this like um, we share a life with this like amazing little creature who brings like love mm-hmm. and light to everything. Or do we like really really love each other? And it's kind of a stupid question to ask because the fact is we do have her. Yeah, like that is. Well, it's not either or. It's not either or. No. But like I've done a few things just to test. Like when we go to weddings, for example, (laughs) I will like look at him across the room and be like, are you sure you love that? Like, do you is your date the best guy here with like without him helping you with the baby? And then the answer is always like, yeah, fuck yeah, he is. What does she call him? I swear on my life, I don't know how there was no coaxing, but she does call him daddy. Um, it's, it happened like when she started to get really verbal, Mm -hmm. I assume from her cousins, she heard the word or, you know, it comes up in books, you know, he would be sort of like delighted every time it came. It was never awkward. Yeah. His like, his heart would explode. And I, you know, he said to me many times, like, it's a title that I would be honored to have. And, Mm -hmm. but that was sort of the, like, there's never been like, do you remember the first time she did that? She called him, she called everything Dada for a while. Like, oh, dogs okay. were Dada. My sister was Dada. He was Dada. So, like, that warmed us up. And <laughs> <laughs> and even that was awkward. Like, we went to his sister's wedding and it was uh, this beautiful outdoor wedding. And of course, like, the minute when he walked down the aisle with his mom, my daughter screamed Dada. And it was like, oh, it was. Did everyone like, just melt? <laughs> no, probably, but it was also like, we were new and it was and, <laughs> and everyone's like oh so that's the deal with those two got totally. it thanks little baby oh, they're totally they're like who did sam drag home this time jesus um but we you know in front of our family the daddy thing is a little awkward because we've never sat down with them mostly because we haven't even sat down with ourselves yet to be like here's what's happening mm-hmm. um she's Sam is now the father. Like, it's it's just too big of a conversation, and I'm yeah. not ready for it. And, like, I don't know if this has happened to you, but I've just become not, like, a romantic fatalist. That's a strong way to put it. But, like, I know that things don't la- always last. And, like, when you're in it, you do feel like it's you see the whole future mapped out for you. Yeah. But I do know that life—this is a, such a stupid term, but life gets in the way, and— mm-hmm. You know, I don't know, how, like making these big, like declaring that he's the dad and all that. It's just like, it's too much for me. I'm like, it's too scary. Just saying it in an official way, like coming yeah. out to our family with it. Yeah. 
I mean, I suppose by now they've just gotten the message. They have. <laughs> and we've made it we've made it way harder than it needs to be because now she like be like, Daddy's home and like everyone will just like freeze. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys live together? Um, we don't because I'm still in the one bedroom in Dumbo where I sleep on the couch and Hazel um sleeps in the bedroom. So uh, there's like almost no way for the three of us to uh-huh. figure it out. So I have to either move. There's a lot of, I have a lot of anxiety over my shit got real this week. I was like, I'm done with this apartment. I'm done yeah. with like, hey, you know, on the couch. Like we either have to sleep on a couch together, like college bums or on somebody on the floor. And it's just like, it has to, something needs to get. That man loves you. <laughs> He's doing all that just to be with you. Oh my God. Totally. Plus, Didn't you like, just say that you guys got a house somewhere else, though? No, I'm trying oh, to. Did you I ignore that? that? I thought you said that to me in an email once. That we were house hunting. Uh, I, we've been out, like since we met each other. We were, we've looked at homes. Like we mm-hmm. we did a lot of things really fast. Like we st- we were ready to buy a house together. We yeah. were like ready. He was ready to like let my daughter call him dad. And but yet, like he doesn't even have like a shelf in my apartment. Like nothing makes sense about it. Like he has two T-shirts that are next to like the random key dish and like. A water bottle. <laughs> um, so nothing was in order. Nothing makes sense. But it's all felt very good and wonderful and miraculous. Are you just in a super decisive moment of your life right now? I need to be more decisive. I've always been quite decisive. But this is, again, like with the apartment, where are we going to live? Nursery school, like all oh, this shit. I, oh. I have to think about and deal with and I'm telling you like it's I feel like just this week it's like when you watch a movie and suddenly it cuts to someone it's like five years later and like Mm -hmm. that person has like been weathered and seasoned and like looks older but like more beautiful but also older and like they've they've been through hard stuff like I feel like this somehow this week was like when the movie would go to five years later why does it feel like five years later jump cut moment you just feel like there's a bunch of decisions about to come up Yes, I think because I am not a naturally neurotic or stressed out person at all. Um, Mm -hmm. I come from that, you know, like my (laughs) parents were frugal and scared about money. So like I never think about money, even though I should. I I have literally no money um, and I don't come from anything, but I just don't. I don't want to live that way. So I think it's a little bit of like maybe repression. Like I've never really thought about like I have this like cool chef friend mom who's like awesome and I I think a lesbian or like part-time lesbian or something and like I kind of idolize her and I was like I'll just send my kids where she I'll like follow I'll do what <laughs> she did so I was like so where did you send them to preschool and all ready to like sign up Hazel and like that preschool was like $2,500 a month and so I'm like so what? even my even like my hippie artsy bisexual friends get to send their kids to fancy schools like what what the fuck am I gonna do how is parenting and motherhood affecting the way the relationship plays out, like, in general, like, the way it grows? I think or has grown. parenting and motherhood has made our relationship more intimate and sweet and like delicious than it ever could be. Really? Um, yeah. And, and again, just because it's—I don't know if that would work with every man I dated or yeah. every scenario, but with us, yes, just because he loves her so much and— um, it's hot to see. It turns me on to see. And, you know, I was thinking about sex a lot walking over here because I 
it's different now, totally. I, I don't have, like, it's really boring to be like, I'm too tired to have sex. But it is like sex, it has to be worth it, you know, because yeah. you are you are dead. It's like, okay, I can either have sex or, like, get in my, like, get this deadline in that was due two weeks ago. Yeah. Or, you know, there's, like, you have to prioritize. And, like, obviously, I'm with, I couldn't be with someone who I wasn't sexually attracted to or didn't have great sexual chemistry with. But, um, but I have to really want it. And the thing that makes me really want it is being told that I did a, so pathetic, but, like, being told that I'm a great mom or, like, that mm-hmm. I look, I look beautiful. Like, such little Love Te- sex. Tender things or like uh, touching my, gently touching my thigh at a dinner party. Like things that I would so take for granted before, but those are the things now that I find so arousing. Uh, and it's no more like, let's get a bottle of wine and just like do it all over the apartment. Like there's none of that. The fact that I find this exotic, like, oh, she's in a committed relationship with a baby and she has sex. Like, what is that like? There's a very large universe in which that is the way sex is supposed to happen, right? Totally. So what's it like? Is it really all that? That is so funny. (laughs) I never talk to people with healthy relationships and babies about their sex life. I know. Oh, my God. That's it is embarrassing to be like, I have a healthy relationship. (laughs) We are monogamous. And it's just like, oh, lame. Like, she's going to kick me off this podcast what's it like is it as wonderful as they say um i don't know how to answer the question because i i never knew him without the baby i guess that's true so probably sex with would have him. had tons of rock star sex before the baby just because of the way i'm attracted to him but um it's still pretty good although you know at least 50 percent of the time i'm like no orgasm feel would feel as good as a lot of sleep right now <laughs> But that's the other thing. Oh, this is an important thing. (laughs) Your body looks like is not the same after breastfeeding and a half. I had a C-section, so I assume Mm -hmm. my vagina is the same. But um, my boobs are not the same. Like I used to love being topless and that like I have to reacquaint myself with like my mom body. (laughs) And that's I like I have to find her sexy again because like I hook up with my bra on for the most part. Oh, my God. You're like the movie people. What do you mean? It's always in movies that the ladies keep their bras on during sex. And I was I always was like, why? Who keeps their bras on during sex? And the answer is women who have breastfed. It's true. I mean, I think they do that to, like, keep the PG-13 or whatever the fuck. But well, you don't really see breastfed tits on television or in movies. Um, On this season of Girls, you saw Jessa uh, naked a lot with Adam. And she's she has kids and in real life. And she's definitely she had like does the move does the. TV Jessa have kids too? Yeah. Like she okay. Oh no, 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 not the character. The yeah, actress. It's just the actress. The actress. Got it. And when she was like naked and like having sex on top, she had real and and there was there was I found them so sexy and like mm-hmm. I I think her like naked and perfect body was so hot. But um but I was like, oh my god, I have to start a campaign like hashtag like breast fed tits on TV or something because yeah. it's unrealistic for like we should just there's a, I feel sort of like ashamed of my boobs and I want to I need to work to get over that because I don't think I even noticed that her boobs were one way or the other. I know I saw her naked. I don't recall thinking that hard about her boobs. Yeah. Well, they don't. But I might not notice, I guess. Yeah. I'm like a little hung up on it. So, so I, <laughs> I like this. I mean, I support this campaign. Um, And it might just be in my head, you know, like I might have porn star tits. But if, to me, I have like, you know, 32 longs. So <laughs> Yeah, I've got to do the inner work, I think, to feel like I want to be totally naked and a nudist and like I once was. 
but it's, you know, I only had her 19 months ago. No, that's still then, pretty recent. Yeah. She's still pretty new. She's new. It's all new. It's all new. I don't know what it's I'm doing. New. You wrote, a, speaking of girls, you wrote about your thoughts on Hannah's single motherness. Yes. Right? Oh, that was another time I got. There. That was another time, like, the single mom chat or, like, Facebook group made me feel like the biggest asshole on the planet. Like, they kicked me out of the club, basically. What? Because I posted in there. So I'm trying to sell some TV shows. I've sold some TV shows. I watch a ton of TV. I don't know how or when, but somehow I mentioned I, I uh, managed to watch a ton of TV. Um, and I've never, like, loved girls, but I watch it because you sort of have yeah. to. And we write for New York Magazine, and it always comes up. So this season, I loved that I loved that they made her a single mom and, like, mm-hmm. basically a single— you know, it wasn't exactly the same kind of situation as me, but I related to her in a lot of ways. And I thought for once, Hannah was like, was kind of awesome and badass. And I, I liked her more than I ever did. Um, but anyway, you know, the finale, she kind of like, um, she wasn't like her, her best self as a new mom. Mm-hmm. And none of us are, but she was kind of a train wreck um, and kind of like nasty to everybody and whatever. So I put on the Facebook blog. I'm writing this article. I just want to like take take your temperatures, make sure like I'm right about this. Like Hannah, I wish Hannah had shown like the glory and the aloneness, and like that term like glory and the aloneness, which to me is such a real thing. Like there is such glory in my alone times with Hazel, and like mm-hmm. bringing her home from the hospital was not terrifying or um, depressing. It was it was purely glorious that it was the two of us for the rest of our lives. Uh-huh. But anyway, I used that term, and they all came at me being like. Glory and the fucking aloneness. Like, it is so hard. We're survivors and all these things. And, like, you just simplified our journey. And I couldn't, I just can't get it right with any of these moms. You know, and I appreciate that. And I think because you hear often, right, of women saying, like, it's so much harder. We need to explain that. But honestly, I think that I've heard so many more stories. Like, I forget what's good about motherhood because all I ever see are stories of people being like, this is so hard. And then I'm like, well, why the fuck would I ever do that? I know. That's kind of the trend, I think. And I don't, uh, I don't, it doesn't work for me. Like, this whole, like, I lost my whole identity. My kids are little assholes. And I'll never get my life back. Like, I'm really glad that there, people feel comfortable. I appreciate that, but it is nice to hear someone like you every now and then. Yeah. I, <laughs> it reminds us that there are reasons why people even try. <laughs> oh, my God. It was, like, the best decision of my life. It's, she's, I, we have so much fun. We It's just, like, we take baths together and make lentil soup. Like, it's, like, it's not, I don't know. I, I don't want to say it's not that hard because that's, yeah. like, the hate mail will come rolling in. But for me... And you are working the, hard. I work hard. and But the pain of not having a child is, was so much worse than any... Like, than our worst day of being just the two of us. So you really felt that before you had her, like, the feeling of not having a child. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I... There was... I've never been suicidal, but I really was just like, I would not want to be alive if I didn't become a mother. But I always knew that. It was like to be a mother and be a writer were the only two things I cared about. And I was I I am by nature a pretty happy person. But when I would have darker days, especially around getting to be my mid late uh, 30s and having kids, I would pretty much internalize it because I just I didn't want to freak my mom out. So, yeah, the thoughts were kind of dark. Um yeah, I was just sort of like crying, crying myself to sleep. Like, why does everybody else get this gift of motherhood and not me? Like, what did I do so wrong that I'm going to be deprived of it? Everybody else gets it. Like, how did I fuck up my life so bad that I can't get this one thing that I wanted more than anything? Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that's when I woke up one day and I was like, but you can't wait. <laughs> you got it. You can do that if you want to. <laughs> you totally could. I, I n- it never even kind of occurred to me. It was like not a thing. You know, I thought it was like for gay couples or I don't know. But I was like, oh, my God, wait. And then the minute I was like, yeah. oh, I can take control of the situation. I can make a doctor's appointment at least find out if I'm like, you know, the, the yeah. steps. And then I was like, I'm in the game. Like, I'm going to be a mom. And it all felt so right. So Hazel's now she's not two yet. No, she's 19 months. But like, okay. but when you don't have kids, 19 months means nothing. I right? don't know what the it's fuck so that means. I, she like, talks and walks, right? She's like a year and a half. She talks and walks. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. <laughs> she's, I'm like never going to give my sperm donor's number out because there would just be like everyone would want to use Hazels. it. Yeah. Like the owner of the, the president of the sperm bank literally told me like never put on a, on the site what, um, what he is. Cause like, do people the, do that? Yeah, so I met with, um, his name is Scott Brown. He's the, um, I don't know what his title is, president of California Cryobank. He's like the spokesperson. Like he'll, He's the guy who will go on like Good Morning America to talk about fertility. Or mm-hmm. Super polished, sort of like George Clooney of a guy. Do you use a cryobank in California? It's just like the best one to use so they can ship. Oh. You don't have to be in California. Oh, okay. You just have to like pay a lot in FedEx. <laughs> <laughs> but I met with him recently and I I was like nervous to see him, meet him because he was sort of like, he held my hand through the whole process. Yeah. And, um, I thought I was going to like burst out in tears when I saw him. Um, I didn't. But anyway, he was telling me like that in the age of the internet, like this concept of, of an anonymous sperm donor is actually becoming really impossible to maintain because like they do have to give you a a ton of details um they have to you know you have to know a lot and like even things like what um awards they win in high school like that's on their profile so like really you could really reverse engineer it if yeah if one was an intrepid reporter well i was like not that you're gonna do that i like found britney (laughs) spears's ex in a meth den in alabama like there's no like i could i could find this guy in one (laughs) I did. Wait, is that a thing that really happened? Remember when she married Kevin Federline? Yeah. I I can't. I worked at Us Weekly. I was like so young. You and tracked hungry. him down. They sent me to Kentwood, uh, Kentwood, Louisiana, and they were the only instructions I had was don't tell anyone you're Jewish. Literally. Oh and my god. Traipsing through a meth lab where like oh his god. cousin was cooking. <laughs> Whatever. And I anyway, I got like the whole thing was to get a high school picture of him, and I got the Elizabeth, high school picture. Alyssa Shalaski can track down a man. Is the moral of the story? <laughs> I've done such harder and more dangerous things than Googling like Lebanese <laughs> sperm donor, the five things I know to be true about him. Mm-hmm. But I'm not because like, yeah, that's such a violation of his privacy. And I love him, as we know. And like, mm-hmm. why would I do that to him? Like, we're in a contract together. And Hazel will get his uh, ID when she's 18. So we can, mm-hmm. you know, we can wait if, if she want, if she wants it. Wait, so what was it like meeting that guy, though, the um, the California cryobank man? Scott was, Brown? Is that what you said his he, name was? Yeah. I said to Scott Brown, I was like, so it's really trendy, right? Like, business must be booming because I think because I did it. Like, now, like, million, and I, like, I wrote about it for, like, the cut. I have, like, millions of women must be <laughs> buying <laughs> sperm. Um, and he's like, no, it's the exact same, you know, not that I thought I would really change it, but it does seem like... A lot of women are coming up to me and asking for advice or asking for coffee to figure out how to how to get the process going. So that was interesting. That it's it's not like don't you feel like it's like a thing now? Like I oh, do. I'm just gonna have a baby on my own. Fuck man. I do, but I think that also like well now I'm paying attention to it. You know, yeah. That someone I knew did it. Yeah, and. I don't know. It's a thing I think about now. Yeah. Okay. What else? Oh, I told him how like on these donor mom Facebook pages, everyone hates me because I posted that I found love and that they call that she calls him daddy. And he was like, here's the thing. And it was it was so true. He's like, 
you think motherhood's going to change you. You're told motherhood's going to completely change you, but you're really exactly the person you were before. And so like if you were a happy, optimistic person who loved love before you had a baby, you're going to come out on the other end, a happy, optimistic person who loves love on the other side. And if you're like a bitter person who like hates people who are found happiness and sort of like don't, you know, would rather go to someone's like funeral than their wedding, you're going to be that person. The baby won't fix it. The baby won't fix it. So like the people who are hating on you on the the (laughs) chat room are just like they're they're just like, you know, they don't want to hear. I do think your baby is strangely perfect, though. I do, too. I mean, <laughs> but I'm sure she doesn't cry. Right. Isn't the whole thing uh, she wakes you up by giggling? She does. But at first, I mean, every mom thinks her kid's perfect. <laughs> she is. But I like, you know, yeah, I guess she, I have an unreliable narrator here. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but also like to physically, I, you know, super tall, like olive skin. I went for I went for looks. I was like, I'm going to make her <laughs> smart and beautiful and um, spiritual and interesting, like he can give her like amazing cheekbones and uh, high <laughs> fast metabolism. <laughs> why not? So why would you be why like? Not? I'm just going to make my kid out. Av- like, why not? Well, this is the world we live in. Why not? Yeah. Our guest this week has been Alyssa Shalaski. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. Sex Lives is produced by Afim Shapiro. Thanks also to Andy Bowers at Panoply. And thank you for listening. And if you'd like to call in to talk to Sex Lives one last time before the end, you can reach our voicemail line at 646-494-3590. And we are looking for stories about breakups, questions about breakups, nightmare breakups, or weirdly happy breakups. Give us a call and we're going to have an all breakup themed episode for our very last episode two weeks from now. That's 646-494-3590. Good? Cool.